When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're going to have less interviews on a Monday and more of your opportunity to call on a Monday for Midday Matter. So jump on the line, 1-300-736-736. We'll get to you. I'll give you my top eight and beyond after what I've seen in the preseason comp. I could give you a big, long five-minute editorial on what I saw in the preseason. Uh, in essence, what I've seen in the preseason has enabled me to make a top eight prediction that obviously there will be different media um, organisations that take it. It'll be in the footy record. It'll, it'll be on SEN's digital platform. So let me just give you my top eight, and we can explain it as we go as I take your calls. But my top eight, Brisbane, I'm picking them for the flag. It's their time. Uh, it'll be a wasted era if they don't win one in this particular period, like it's kind of been, I think, for Port Adelaide. They wasted their time. Brisbane, to win the flag, they've still got the hunger, and they've improved. I'm picking Melbourne to make the grand final. So Brisbane, Melbourne, grand final. Melbourne have the hunger. The issue for Melbourne is they're hitting round one hard, fit, and as I mentioned with Jared Whiteley, they look as hungry and committed as you would be if you're at round 10. So can you sustain it? Can you maintain it for 30 weeks? Well, maybe you can. So Brisbane, Melbourne, Geelong, obviously, that's my top three. Bulldogs, four. Sydney at five. Um, Richmond at six. Have they still got the hunger? They look like one of those teams that believe they can flick the switch on what I saw on Saturday against Melbourne. They're kind of just hoping that they'll be able to flick the switch on, work their way into their form, and come round 10, they'll be maybe where Melbourne is at right now. So Richmond at six. Uh, Collingwood at seven. Uh, I think they... Will they improve? Maybe. Maybe. But I can't drop them out of my eight. Fremantle at eight. The issue for Fremantle, for me, is... I think Nat Five could win the Coleman because he might get 100 shots. But Nat Five, if you give him 100 shots, might kick you 50-50. And that's the hard part. Darcy Fogarty, for example, for the Adelaide Crows, he might get 100 shots and kick you 65-35. If Nat Five could kick 65-35, um, I think Fremantle I think, would feel closer to the flag. But I think there's nine teams that can win the flag, the way I see it. So Brisbane, Melbourne, Geelong at three, Bulldogs at four, Sydney at five, Richmond at six, Collingwood at seven, Fremantle at eight, and Carlton at nine. They're the only team outside the eight, outside of last year's eight and outside of my eight to start this season, that I think that can win the flag. Outside of that, I think well, Port have been unimpressive preseason again. They were unimpressive last year and started the season 0-5. Uh, St Kilda, no Max King till round six, maybe round seven. Makes me worry about St Kilda. Um, yeah, and then you've got the others like Essendon, Adelaide, Hawthorne, the Giants, uh, the Gold Coast. They could all threaten the eight. They can hopefully all still be alive in the race for the eight. Come round 18, 19, but can they win the flag? No, not for me. I think it's down to a top nine that can win the flag. Brisbane, Melbourne, Geelong, Bulldogs, Sydney, Richmond, Collingwood, Fremantle, and the Blues. So to your calls, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Dino in South Yarra, Dean in Elwood, Jacob in Mansfield, Raf in Meadow Heights. I know you're on the line. Dano, it should be in South Yarra. Sorry, I got your name wrong. Dano, welcome to you. Where well, you can kick us off today oh, for midday right, matters. That's all right, Dwayne. I'll forgive you. I just wanted to say um, there was something you said on the call 
on Saturday in the Richmond Melbourne game that I found really interesting and I think really nails it on the head. And I think is one thing I just never understand about some teams in the way that they design their, and they design and build their teams. You compared Melbourne picking up Grundy to the Lakers getting Magic Johnson and pairing him with Karina Jabbar. And I think you really hit the nail on on head about some way. In that there's a lot of these teams that just try to box in players and box in their team and say, All right, we've got one ruck, we've got one key forward, we've got one this, we've got one that. And they don't innovate. And you can see Melbourne has clearly innovated and have clearly thought, how can we create these massive mismatches? And I think it's going to really serve them well late in this season and you know, on, hopefully onwards. And, I mean, I guess it's the same thing too with the Dogs. They've got so many talls. And how do you match up with all of them? Maybe the Dogs have too many that they don't have any, any, any speed on the ground. But this idea that Grundy is done because he was hurt last year when clearly having gone there is going to take pressure off both of them and have them push forward for the whole year is something that is just going to be... We're going to look back at the end of the season and think, why did we not see it? Why were we just scratching our heads thinking, I don't know how this is going to work? They're great players. And the other thing, too, is Grundy is younger than Jeremy Cameron. And we're talking about him. Jeremy Cameron is one of the best players in the league. And nobody ever thinks oh, I don't know how Hawkins and Jeremy Cameron fit together. At the end of the day, just there's, there's this serious lack of innovation and inside-the-box thinking from so many different coaches and list managers, and I just don't get it. What about you? Yeah, I agree with you. That's why I mentioned the Magic Johnson, Kareem. And if you've got a better, tall one-two punch in sport history than that, then send us through a text as well, 0433-981116. I mean, in terms of tall... One-two punches, that's probably the iconic one. Magic Johnson was 206 centimetres, Kareem was 218, and they formed this combo that no other team could beat. Melbourne's already done it, already with this innovation. They went and spent a large part of their salary cap on getting May and Lever, and at the time everybody said, oh, you're spending way too much on two key defenders. You're not going to win a flag that way, because other teams hadn't won a flag that way. But Melbourne won a flag that way. And this two-ruck combo, so the way it worked for those people who didn't see the Melbourne-Richmond game, and I was asked by my producer, Mitch, earlier today, um, what, sp- what amount of time did each spend in the ruck? So I explained it like this. Grundy was often resting forward. So he was playing full forward, centre-half forward, and Max Gorn was in the ruck. But if there was a ball in on the wing or a half-forward flank for Melbourne, often, even though Max Gorn was the ruckman at the time, he didn't take the ruck. So he dropped back a kick behind the play and Grundy came up out of the forward line and took the ruck. So you're virtually running with two rucks at the one time. You've got Grundy taking the ruck, throwing on a wing, and then he running back to the forward line. And Max Gorn helping out as a kick behind the play, Ruckman alongside Lever and May. So, yeah, Dino, in terms of innovation, that's why I think Melbourne can improve. So I'm agreeing with you. It might sound a bit uh, self-indulgent to give you a price because I'm agreeing with you, but I often give the first caller a price anyway. So hold the line. You've got a Brick Lane Brewing voucher coming your way. Brick Lane, one love pale ale, perfect for all occasions, and the ultimate crowd pleaser. Drink responsibly. I think it's a great innovation. And keep your greatest one-two punches in terms of um, tools. I know Magic was a bit shorter, and I get that, 206, but in terms of their scoring ability, it was that one-two punch. Kareem was 218. Um, Keep him coming through, and you can jump on the line if you want to. Dean in Elwood, what can you, Dean? You want to talk Carlton? 
<clears throat> yeah, g'day, Dwayne. Look, mate, I was sitting there listening to you eight, and top four went by, and then five, six, seven, eight, and you sneaked us in at nine, Dwayne, and Bucks is sort of something similar. But, um, mate, yeah, so I think it's it's either way with us. I think if everything clips, we could be top five or four um, if Walsh comes back in good shape. But I've got I've got issues with the defence, Dwayne. I saw it a couple of times in the practice match, like the run of goals, the transition. I don't know. I don't know what you think, but I think there's a few worry Carlton supporters. But bring it on. There we go. Yeah, I, yeah. You've got two of the well, you've got two Australian backmen. You, you've got Saad and you've got Wiedering. But outside of that, you've lost Zach Williams. Lewis Young isn't quite that. I mean, in terms of great key to position backs, I think I think Harrison Petty is a better key position back than Lewis Young. And Melbourne already have May and Lever, so they've also got Harrison Petty. He just doesn't get mentioned. But I think there is a bit of a worry with Carlton's back line. So I'm with you on that. But in, in saying that, Carlton could be the big improver because they've got so many good forwards. So if Pettinet rucks and you've got De Koning, Kerno and Mackay all as part of your potent forward line and you get Walsh back and he's just as good as he was, your midfield's going to be just as good as well. So in terms of who can win the flag, yeah, nine teams can win it just because I haven't got Carlton inside the eight because I had to name an eight um, doesn't mean I don't think Carlton can win it. I think nine teams can win the flag this year, the top eight from last year. And Carlton. Great to have you call though, Dean. Uh, hold on, I've got something for you as well. We've got uh, a bottle of Starwood, two-fold double-grain Australian whiskey, thanks to Hairy Dogs, summer of Aussie spirits, hairydog.com.au. Got a heap of stuff in the prize cabinet today, so I'll try and give as much away as possible. Jacob in Mansfield, you want to talk Carlton as well? Welcome to you, Jacob. Hey, Dwayne, how are you, mate? Yeah, good, thanks. I'm um, just calling up about uh, Carlton at the moment. I know a lot of people have not not making the eight this year, which is fair enough. Um, what are the expectations for him this year? Because I, I can't... There aren't very many teams that can have the Brownlow medalist, the Coleman, like you were saying before, two All-Australian backmen and not make the eight in that year. I think they can win the flag. So even though, as I mentioned, I haven't picked them in the eight as such, I think there is a gap outside of... From Carlton at nine, I think there's a gap between the next best. Whether the next best is Port or it's Essendon or it's... Uh, St Kilda or it's Adelaide, I think there's a big gap to me between ninth and the rest. So that's why I think Carlton, we should mention Carlton more so in that realm of Fremantle, Collingwood, Richmond ahead of Carlton on the ladder. I think if if there is a team that could drop out of the eight, um, replaced by Carlton, you know, could it be Collingwood because they don't win as many close games? Maybe. Could it be Richmond because they don't have the hunger necessarily and a couple of their guys like Rewalt and Trinkotch and Arolda? Maybe. Could it be Fremantle because, or for whatever reason, they were sort of closest to missing last year in a way. So, yeah, Carlton could easily make the eight. But I think your expectation should be pretty high, Jacob. In a perfect world, Walsh is, is at 100% fitness for 18 of the games, let's say, because he'll work his way back into fitness when he comes back. And you've still got arguably the best forward line. And maybe, you know, you might have the one and two in the goal kicking come the end of it with Mackay and Kurnow forward, Jacob. Yeah, right. But what are they going to do differently this year as opposed to last year? Because they, they should have made it last year. They, they only had to win they one of their have. last four games. Like their yeah. finals probably started a month earlier than everyone else, and they just couldn't cut it. I mean, yeah, maybe they, they couldn't sustain it. That's what I'm talking about. Maybe they just couldn't sustain it for 30 weeks. And that's the thing. You lost your last four games. You missed out by essentially a point when it comes to you know the four and against tallies in your scoring. I think you can make it because you just won't lose your last four games 
again. I think you can make it because you've got such a good forward line. And if it's fast footy more than we've ever seen it this year, getting it quickly into a potent forward line like Kerno, Mackay and De Koning could be just too potent for a number of teams to handle. So, yeah, I think you make it on the strength of that. If there's a trick that Carlton have, it's the forward line. It's the forward threesome that is as good. And previous caller mentioned it. A lot of people did say, well, how's Jeremy Cameron and Tom Hawkins going to work together in that forward line, given they're two of arguably the best five forwards in the competition? Well, they work fine. They want a flag. And I think you do have to have a trick that makes you better than everybody else. And that could be Carlton's trick this year. Great to have you call, Jacob. Uh, Raph in Meadow High. Talking to you, Raph. Hey, Dwayne. How are you? Yeah, good. Thanks. Yeah, I reckon you've... Oh, you and Bucks have both overrated the Bulldogs a bit. I reckon they'll probably miss out the eight. I just don't see... Like, I know Darcy and Jamar Yukahagan, I don't see them having big, massive years to push that side to be consistent again. that top eight will be as dangerous as everyone seems to make them. I just don't see it in them this year. I reckon they're going to go backwards. You might be right, Raph. You, you might be right, and Bucks and I might be wrong, but I like the fact that Bulldogs have got a trick. They've got this tall forward line. Call it what you want. Uh, Manhattan forward line, if you like, where there's going to be four really tall guys and maybe two on the ground that are smaller, and they're going to try and get it in there quicker. You've added Liam Jones, so you've got an extra defender, which you need, and you've got Sam Darcy, who can play both forward or back. He's probably going to play back because that might be where you need him most. And you've got Norton. I noticed that Robbo's top 50 is in the paper today, and uh, this is his top 50. What will be the order of play at the end of the season? Who will be the best player in the comp at the end of the season? He's got Charlie Cameron, number one. He's got Aaron Norton at number 21. I think by the end of the season, Aaron Norton could be that guy who becomes top five in the competition in terms of his greatness. So especially if he's got guys forward that can give him a chop out. One of the great things for Charlie Kerno is that he's got Harry Mackay. One of the great things for Christian Petrarca and for Clayton Oliver is that they've got each other. Some, for Jeremy Cameron, that he had Tom Hawkins. So having someone else like that is a big help to you because it takes some of the heat away from you. People are looking elsewhere, not always at you. I mean, Port Adelaide has been so Charlie Dixon-centric because they don't think that Marshall will beat you, don't think that Georgiades will beat you, that it becomes too predictable. So... Yeah, I think Bulldogs I think Bulldogs will be a contender because they've got a trick to take them up. Now, it might not work, and you might end up being correct, Raph, and it might take them down. And it won't take much to miss the eight, given how good Carlton are going to be. Appreciate your call. Billy and Frankston, welcome to you, Billy. Hey, buddy. How are you going? Yeah, good, thanks. Um, that uh, um, double-punch basketball team you were talking about? Yep. Yeah, Collingwood had in 1977, Ross Dunn. Peter Moore and Lynn Thompson is a three-pronged attack. So that was just something I thought of. I love it, Billy. A bit of retro. So I think we are going back to the future on a number of things this year. The faster ball movement is sort of going back to the future because we saw teams wanting to slow it down and play this kick, chip, take a mark, slow it, chip, kick, take a mark, slow it, footy to win a flag. The West Coast did win a flag doing that. I think that's now dead. It's gone the way of the dodo. There's been a flag one doing it, but I don't think we'll ever go there unless it's like flares and it uh, comes back in 30 years, like all fashion does. But I think this is a fashion we're going to see, this tall forward line, Billy, because we're suddenly seeing a, a larger number of great forwards that are tall. And you can't have... Well, Richmond didn't have a tall forward line when they won the flag because they didn't have a great tall forward to 
combo up with Jack Rewalt. But all of a sudden you go and recruit Tom Lynch and suddenly, yeah, well, we've got a tall forward that's good enough. You didn't have a tall forward that's good enough previous to that. So I love the retro one, Billy, that Collingwood did it. 